Lots of news to go through today. Developing biosecurity on the ranch and lots more. So, crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us on this all-new episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. A big thank you goes out to our partners, Pharmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange, and the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market, Equine Market, and AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. Our top news story, and I am following this one awfully darn close, the USDA reported what is classified as an atypical case of bovine spongiform encephalopathy, or BSE, in a single cow at an unidentified processing plant in South Carolina. The agency's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, National Veterinary Services Laboratory, confirmed that the single cow tested positive for atypical L-type BSE as part of a routine surveillance of cattle deemed unsuitable for slaughter. The animal never entered any slaughter channels and at no time presented a risk to the food supply or to human health in the United States, USDA said in a recent news release. Now, BSE is not contagious and has two types. Classical, which was spread in the United Kingdom in the late 1980s and has been associated with Crunchfield-Jakob disease in people and the L-type confirmed in South Carolina. The latest case of what is commonly known as mad cow disease, but I hate using that term, is one of five positive atypical BSE tests in the United States since 2003. Tracking technology identified the animal as being from a herd of cattle in Tennessee, and APHIS is working with the veterinary officials in Tennessee and South Carolina as part of a continuing investigation of the positive BSE test result. The infected cow was at least five years old and was euthanized once the tests were confirmed. Now, this one I'm going to be following awful darn close, and of course, the markets to see how they react to this positive BSE case, as I said, an atypical case in South Carolina. Now, since we're going to be talking biosecurity here after the break in just a few minutes, I do think that this one here applies in regards to the swine industry and a U.S. outbreak of African swine fever could be ruinous for the nation's pig farmers, costing the pork and beef industries up to $80 million over 10 years. That is according to cautions that come down from the National Pork Board. A recent analysis also estimates 60,000 job losses during a decade should African swine fever be detected in the United States hog herd. That is according to Dr. Patrick Webb, the board's director of swine health. A confirmed case means, quote unquote, the clock is ticking. That is according to Dr. Webb. And he goes on to say, what we need to figure out is where the disease is and isn't as fast as possible. Dr. Webb also said the difficult potential outcomes are another reason for pork producers to enroll in AgView, a contract tracing technology for pigs. Now, Dr. Demet Hayes from Iowa State University said the extent of the potential damage comes down to export markets, given, quote, we do not have agreements with other countries as to how they would respond as a likely event is that we would lose access. 
Now, China is among the nations currently facing new African swine fever infections with the disease active in Asia and in Europe. And all the more reason to be paying very close attention to biosecurity and all those little enemies that we cannot see with the naked eye. And as I mentioned, we're going to be discussing more of that going in greater detail with Dr. Julia Herman here in just a few minutes. And in other USDA news, a House subcommittee last week voted along party lines in approving a USDA spending bill that would pull $6 billion from clean energy and farm loan forgiveness. The measure would also halt efforts on fair play rules in livestock marketing and curtail Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack's ability to tap into $30 billion reserve being used to fund a climate smart agriculture initiative. According to Representative Andy Harris from Maryland, some tough decisions have to be made. He says the bill takes the same approach American farmers take every day, that they have to do more with less under the Biden economy. Now, House Agriculture Committee ranking member Representative David Scott from Georgia issued a statement calling the Republican proposal to slash over $6.25 billion from Agriculture Committee funds a, quote, direct assault on rural communities across America. The full House Appropriations Committee is expected to take up the bill as soon as possible. It includes $17.2 billion for discretionary spending by the USDA, substantially below the $36.8 billion requested by the White House. The Biden administration has proposed a combined $228 billion in USDA spending in fiscal year 2024. All right, sale report time. Everybody's talking about this, talking about what pears are bringing, speculating what feeders are going to bring here this fall. I know everybody's talking about feeders. Well, we aren't there yet, but here I do have some market reports I want to share with you all, starting out with Stockman's Livestock Exchange in Dickinson, North Dakota, going to their Thursday, May 18th sale here a few weeks ago. Let's talk first about the way-up cattle. We're going to talk about the way-up bulls and the way-up cows. On the way-up bulls, this is incredible. I know a lot of you have been watching this too. Way-up bulls anywhere from a dollar all the way up to a dollar twenty-five for the way-up bulls. On the way-up cow side, it is the same situation. The low-end way-up cows, I've got them at eighty-four bucks. With the high-end way-up cows, they're bringing as high as a dollar nine. Now, here's something we need to remember: is the salvage value that we have in those cows and in those bulls. There might be opportunities to take those bulls, maybe that don't test into town, pound them out, and replace them with one of these young new sires that is available. Remember, the salvage value is still part of some of that income on our outfits that a lot of times we don't take into account. Now, looking at the pairs, the cow-calf pairs, these are cows with calves on side. These are blacks, uh, black-white faces, reds, they're baldies, they're solid reds, they're they're shars, all of the above. I'm wrapping these all into one, and they're anywhere from first calf heifers to older aged cows, nine-year-old cows, six- and seven-year-olds, two-year-olds, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up the boards. But here's what we have. From the low end at $1,700, okay, those are aged pairs, all right, all the way up to thirty-one seventy-five are kind of the bell ringers. And a lot of people are looking at this and trying to make the decision, is this an opportunity to liquidate some of these pairs and turn this into cash? Maybe it's pay down debt. So there is some other opportunities out there. And I know we've talked about them on the past 
100 episodes of the Ranch It Up radio show. Should we get into custom grazing? Are there other opportunities out there, especially when we've got dollar amounts where they are that are extremely attractive to so many of us? But this all comes back to, and I'm going to hound and harp on everybody, it comes back to calculating what our break-even costs are. Because even at a lot of these $2,500 pairs, are we even breaking even on our operation? Take the time to go through that, to gain and gather that information and start making those decisions today. Moving on to Pratt Livestock in Pratt, Kansas. On the heifer side, some black heifers, 340 weights, y'all, 262 and a half, down to some six weight heifers. These are blacks bringing 225, some mixed heifers right around 765, bringing just a tick over two bucks, and then some heavy heifers. These are blacks, 839 at $1.8375. On the steer side, some 340 weight steers at 318, 535 weight steers, 269. Looking at another bunch here, here's some black 850 weight steers at 219.75 and then all the way down the heaviest cattle that they have some 1037 weight black steers at a dollar 76 and a half if there is a sale barn that you would like me to report on or reports that you would like me to get just fire me a text 707 ranch 20 that's 707-726-2420 now coming up we're going to be talking biosecurity on the farm and ranch. We've got more of the Ranch It Up radio show, a whole bunch more, and it's coming up after this. EquineMarket.com puts you in control of buying and selling horses of all breeds and disciplines. The easy-to-use online platform at EquineMarket.com offers private treaty sale, online auction, and live auction internet bidding. Horses never leave the farm until the buyer arrives, and because buyers connect directly with sellers, there's no middleman. Sell horses and hay on your terms today with equinemarket.com. The Tri-State Livestock News, what ranchers read. Stop by your local sale barn or livestock center and grab the latest issue of the Tri-State Livestock News. From the latest cattle market reports to various news stories within the ag industry, the Tri-State Livestock News covers it all. You can also check us out at tsln.com. And for those of you that might be interested in subscriptions or advertising, please give me a call, Tracy Hawk, at 406-951-3211. The Tri-State Livestock News, what ranchers read. Livestockmarket.com puts you in control when buying or selling commercial livestock, seed stock, or show stock. The easy-to-use online platform at Livestockmarket.com offers private treaty, online auction, and live auction internet bidding. Animals are sold before they ever leave your place. And with Livestockmarket.com, there's no middleman. Buyers connect directly with livestock and hay producers. There's no easier way to find buyers for cattle, sheep, goats, pigs, and hay. Sell on your terms today with LivestockMarket.com. Cattle Battle. Welcome to the Ranch It Up radio show, the most information packed into a 30-minute program that you can find. It's your all-things ranching newscast, and so glad to have you with us. Questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, rants, it doesn't matter. Give us a call or text us at 707-RANCH20. That's 707 707- 726-2420. You can email us at ranchitupshow at gmail.com. We're prowling around social media at the Ranch It Up Show. Now, when we talk biosecurity, many think, me included, of the two-legged kind, espionage and infiltration and sabotage. See what the movies and the videos have done to us? 
Now, biosecurity on the farm and ranch could actually include those, yes, but we are talking about those that are not visible to the naked eye. And today, when we are shipping cattle, we are taking them to pasture, we're hauling, we're heading to livestock shows, we're delivering bulls, biosecurity becomes more important than ever. Dr. Julia Herman, a beef cattle veterinarian with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, joins us today. Dr. Julia, thanks so much for coming back on the show. This has become a topic of discussion more and more and more. So is it something that has always existed and we're just becoming more aware of it? Or is it a problem that has actually escalated, say, in the last 10 years? Oh, goodness. It's a little bit of both, honestly, Tigger. Uh, so I think a lot of our basic biosecurity principles have been around for decades. I mean, pretending that, you know, there's a moat around your operation, keeping everything from coming in or protecting all your animals and keeping it or not letting them leave. Uh, but some of it, I think, came from COVID, honestly, like people understand biosecurity a little bit better from the human side. And so I think we're able to take that awareness and apply it to our cattle operations a little bit better and use the lessons that we used that we may or may not have learned from COVID and apply that to our cattle operation. You know, you want to improve the immunity of, of little kids. What do you do? Go out and eat dirt, right? Play in the sandbox. And we be develop that natural resistance. So let me transfer that over into our realm and say, can we have natural resistance by exposing those animals to said uh, pathogens, to uh, those, those unwanted visitors that we can't see with the, with the naked eye? So the example I uh, thought of was BRD, so our, all of our respiratory viruses. If you expose your cattle to those pathogens, sure, you're going to get a little bit of a little bit of immunity, a little bit of resistance, but you can't control how they're going to react to that infection. So are they going to get over it within a day, or are they going to? become a chronic from one infection. We don't know that. And so some biosecurity steps you can take to protect that or protect your herd from BRD includes vaccinating. So you're exposing at a controlled level and you can get more of a controlled response, a controlled immune response from that. And then you're also minimizing commingling of animals if you can help it. So you're not you're decreasing that risk from coming into your herd. The way that we use biosecurity using what we just talked about is to improve the healthier herd is really trying to control that response to those pathogens and minimizing the negative effects from that. Because even if you have, say you have your, your kindergarten class, your calves, that all get a round of BRD, it, they may overcome it now, but once those animals get to the feed yard, it could affect them down that line. Um, and it becomes an animal welfare issue and it also becomes an economic issue. Now, what about those producers that are moving calves in and out and in and out and in and out, maybe every 30 days, maybe? And I'm not talking necessarily on a feed yard per se, because they've got tremendous protocols in place right now, but I'm talking about maybe stalker operations, or maybe we just did some custom calving for somebody, or maybe we are doing some custom grazing for some individuals? I think you try to really focus on what you can control. You know that you're going to have these groups coming in and out of the operation at these specific time frames. Focus on each group as they're coming onto the operation. Are they, uh, are you, 
Are you vaccinating them with what you need need to vaccinate them for? Uh, do you have a good nutrition program, a good mineral program to make their immune system as strong as possible while you have them? Are you handling them in low stress manner, making sure every time you are interacting with those cattle, you're trying to keep that stress level as low as possible so that they can perform as, as well as they can in the time that you have them? I find it interesting how so many of our uh, animal husbandry practices, you just named about a half a dozen of there, but they're all in very much a symbiotic relationship that one greatly affects the other. You're talking, you were talking about management. You were talking about uh, nutrition. You were talking about animal health. You were talking about animal husbandry all the way down to uh, if I am getting those groups of calves in, am I setting it up like a hotel? Am I greeting those calves where they have fresh water and they have a place to lie down or fresh grass or whatever the case is? So I find it interesting, kind of no matter what topic that we discuss, if it be health, if it be marketing those calves, whatever the case is, it's actually a very symbiotic relationship of all of these different buckets that we need to be putting something into it all the time. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we know that animal health is a big picture item. It's each item, vaccines, uh, nutrition, they don't live in a vacuum. They, they affect one another. And so I think that's what's really key about the Beef Quality Assurance Program is we look at the entire system. We give best management practice guidelines to all of those different categories. All together, we're trying to prevent that. We're trying to build that animal up as good as we can reduce the risk of disease, help them to be able, if they do have a challenge, they can fight back with the immune system and the nutrition and the vaccines that we've given them. And uh, we're trying to prevent all of that, all of those diseases from happening. But in the case that we do get some sort of disease come in, we've prepared that animal as, as best we can to, to battle it out. Even though that a lot of us are moving uh, our calves onto pasture or have already, and we're in breeding season, I think really what we need to do is get a hold of our veterinarians now and talk about weaning, talk about our health protocol here in just a few months. It's going to be here before we know it. It's developing those relationships with our veterinarian and keeping those relationships with our veterinarians. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Um, we have some uh, different things coming down the pipeline where the veterinarian is going to be very important in uh, all of our cattle ranches. That partnership is not just not just getting prescriptions. It's about building that vaccine plan, looking at the, you know, I've built out calendar plans with operations and been like, you calve in March, therefore we should vaccinate here, here, and here. This is what kind of nutrition we need to be seeing in the spring, fall, and winter. So the veterinarian can be really key in planning out the entire year uh, of activities that, to protect those animals, build them up, and like I said, just use all those prevention practices to make your herd as healthy as possible. Dr. Julie Herman, thanks for coming back on the show. Now I'm going to give a plug for getting BQA certified, Beef Quality Assurance. Yes, I'm going to put in another plug. Even though a lot of us have gone through this, and I highly recommend that you do, I encourage you to update this each and every year. Why? Because every time you go to a different certification with a different instructor, and even with the same instructor at various different locations, one, it's just good camaraderie to see friends and neighbors, and you know how Beck and I are, we encourage you to do that. That. And number two, we're always going to learn something a little bit different, especially some of these conversations that come from the floor at those BQA certifications. So I highly recommend that you do get certified today. There's my little my little shameless plug there for you all. Now, Kirk is on hold as we speak. That means we're talking numbers when we come back. 
Spring has sprung, and I know you have everything going through your mind from calving to spring planting. Are we going to get enough rain? Are we going to have enough hay? I understand this. But remember, it's not too late to add Allied Genetic Resources genetics into your bull battery. Now, spring may be here, but bull buying season is far from over. There's still lots of Allied sales one can attend. Make a difference and add Allied Genetic Resources to your program. You'll be glad you did. We've had just about everything thrown at us, from blizzards to rainstorms to heat and the drought already. Makes it tough to be in the cow business. So make life a bit easier with liquid feed and tub supplements from Westway Feed Products, all designed to complement your forages. It's upcycling and efficiency. At Westway Feed Products, we create cow herd efficiency one lick at a time. Watch RFD-TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD-TV now. Simply go to watchrfdtv.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFDTV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to watchrfdtv.com, sign up, and start streaming today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ranch It Up radio show. It's that time in the program when we check back in with Kirk Donsbach, StoneX Financial Incorporated. And for those of you who just stumbled across the program, welcome aboard. Those of you that have been very avid, longtime listeners, all 100-plus, I don't even know what, 135 episodes or something like that. We're on with this darn thing. You can subscribe to Kirk's free newsletter. I encourage you to do so. Text the word cattle, C-A-T-T-L-E-2, 33777. And the reason that I say that is every week when Kirk and I go through and, and we just kind of give a little snapshot of how the, the week rounded out the previous week and what things are looking like, Kirk goes into a lot more detail and he explains a, a lot more of the, the who, what, when, where, how, and why of what we talk about on the air. So, Kirk, uh, how are you? Welcome aboard and thank, you know what? I don't thank you enough, but you know, thanks for being with us for a hundred and some episodes. Well, thank you, Tigger. And thank you for the plug and, and thanks to all the listeners who take the time to listen to it. Absolutely. So, uh, numbers wise, that's your jam. <laughs> so, uh, let's wrap up last week. What happened? All right. As of Friday, May 19th, August feeders closed the week at a new life of contract high at two thirty five seventy two and a half. That's up $6 and 75 cents on the week. The CME feeder index was up a dollar seventy-eight at two hundred two thirty-six. That leaves our basis a negative three dollars and ninety-one and a half cents. The listener should note that August futures are carrying a thirty-two dollar and seventy-four cent premium to current cash. So either cash has got to get to work here, or August futures have to come down. We also had a cattle on feed this week. It came in at ninety-six point six percent versus expectations of ninety-six point five. Placed was 95.8 versus expectations of 96.2. And marketed was 89.9 versus expectations of 90. So all within the range of expectations and considered a neutral neutral report. We also had a big announcement from the USDA. They announced a positive case of BSE in South Carolina. Relative to our trade status and the type of BSE it is, the USDA announced that it should not lead to any trade issues. I think that is a 
a logical thought process. It's also a logical thought process that the market is quite high and it might not take much of a spook to get the profitable longs to start selling their positions, whether that trigger was logical or not. So a little unsure which way that might lead the market. June live cattle closed the week at 165.90. That's up a buck and a half. Cash traded steady at 170 in the south and mostly 178 in the north. That left our five area weighted average at 42 cents at 174.31 with the basis narrowing $0.90 to a positive $8.58. I'll remind our listeners again, the normal basis for May is a plus 5 over June. We have about $3.50 worth of basis to narrow up yet. The weekly slaughter came in at 642000 That's down 4000 versus last week and down 38000 versus last year. Choice boxes closed the week at 298.31. Take note that we are back below $300 boxes. That's down $6.30 on the week. To wrap this up, December corn closed the week at $4.99.5, down seven and three quarters on the week. There was some bottoming chart action on Thursday that we'll have to keep a watch on going forward. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Now, before we say fairly well, we need to give a big tip of the hat. All of you out there that are trying to fix fence as we speak, I know a number of you have been out there already, but you're trying to fix creek crossings and water gaps. You're wading through water. You're fighting the ticks. You're putting on fly spray. You're trying to put up electric runs. It doesn't matter. All of you out there that are struggling with the leather gloves as we speak, we're tipping our hat to you. I feel you. In fact, as soon as we're wrapping this up, I've got to do the same darn thing. In fact, I've got to put in corner posts. So (laughs) get the skid steer revved up, Beck. That's all I got to say about that. Now that's going to wrap it up for today. A big thanks to all of our guests. First and foremost, Dr. Julia Herman, beef cattle veterinarian with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and Kirk Donsbach, StoneX Financial Incorporated. Again, if you would like to receive Kirk's free newsletter, just text the word cattle, C-A-T-T-L-E-2, 33777. And a big thank you goes out to our partners, Pharmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange and the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market, Equine Market, and AuctionTime.com, RFD-TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler and Crew. So glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. We have many, many, many updates each and every week. In fact, all week long, just about every day, we've got updates on our social media. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text us 24-7 at 707-RANCH-20. You can text us at that number. That's 707-726-2420. Or give us a call and leave us a message. Spread the good word and join us again next week where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up.